Welcome to Influence Me, a series of podcasts where the prime focus is leadership. I'm Assistant Commissioner Andrew Short, and I'm going to be hosting a series of podcasts where I get to interview a variety of guests, both internal and external to QFES. The topic is something extremely important to us, and one that is central to the success of QFES. I want to talk with these guests about leadership, and I want to learn more about leadership from the thoughts and experiences of others. I want to be influenced. Today's guest is Commissioner Andrew Crisp, APM. Andrew is Victoria's Emergency Management Commissioner. I'm sure many of the listeners have seen or listened to Andrew during the different events that have happened in Victoria in recent times. The Emergency Management Commissioner has responsibility for coordination before, during and after major emergencies, including the management of consequences of an emergency. During his career, which includes experience in senior emergency management and policing leadership positions, Andrew has developed a passion for community safety across metropolitan and regional Victoria and while working overseas in Papua New Guinea and Timor-Leste. He has been involved in responses to a number of major incidents, such as the Ash Wednesday bushfires, the 2009 Victorian bushfires, Christchurch, earthquake, Queensland floods and the 2017 Burke Street tragedy. Andrew has and continues to work closely with emergency management organisations, agencies, government departments and communities, focusing on building and maintaining strong relationships and capability across the emergency management sector. He is passionate about connecting communities with a focus on building an emergency management sector that is sustainable and reflects and meets the needs of communities. Advocating for people and communities has and will always be a priority for him. Andrew believes everyone has valued perspectives and a positive contribution to make. He is committed to learning and listening so our emergency management sector and communities can work together to keep people safe. Commissioner, it's a privilege to have you with me today. Oh, Andrew, thanks for the opportunity. And if I, if I was about to stand up to a lectern in the pre-COVID <laughs> days, I would have stood up and cut you short in terms of that uh, introduction. So, uh, but uh, it, oh, it's great to join yeah. you and whoever chooses to listen. Yeah, look, uh, thank you. In terms of the podcast series, where the focus is on leadership and you're aware the title of it is Influence Me and, and there's a message in there for everyone in terms of how we go about our leadership business. But today, the discussion I'd like to have with you and as a topic that you selected is confident humility. Now, if I ask you to summarize what that means, and we can explore it in our discussion a bit further, but give me a summary of what that means. Look, can I just to start with, I'm not sure how much original thought there is out there. When I, uh, I chose confident humility, I'm actually stealing from, and there is sort of research and writing around this, but it was actually um, Graham Ashton, Victoria Police's chief commissioner, uh, when he first started in the role and, and finishes in the role next week. But when he first started, this became his mantra about leadership and his expectation of people within Victoria Police. And, and it really it really resonated with me and, and I, I've well and truly picked up on it and uh, I've brought it in, into my, my new role as the Emergency Management Commissioner. But to, I guess to answer, answer your question, and when I, you know, in that policing context, it, it was very much about, and it's not just about policing, if you want to generalise in terms of people wearing a uniform, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're the most senior person or the most junior person, when you turn up at something, People are looking for leadership. They're looking for you to do something to be decisive uh, and, and just get on and invariably to keep them, keep them safe. But it's, it's the way in which we, we go about doing that. And that, that is that community connected piece. It, it's doing it with humility. 
And that's really, really important because if you, if you lead with humility, you will be able to build those relationships. And ultimately, again, when I looked at it in my policing experience, it was about, yeah, you don't want to be responding to crime. You want crime not to occur in the first place and you need to build relationships with community. And you will only do that if you, if you go about your work with humility. And I guess it's, it, it then it has transferred in, into my, my current position. Um, and again, I, I have spoken a lot about confident humility, but I also talk about it in terms of the organisation uh, that I, I am now part of, Emergency Management Victoria. And it, it, it's, it's a relatively small organisation. It's only about um, just under 200 people. And for me, but we work uh, across the emergency services. So, so this confident humility piece is also about how I, how I see our organisation in, in its relationship with other, other emergency services and, and key stakeholders. Andrew, just to take you back to a comment you made about when we turn up to things, when we arrive, and whether we're, we're arriving, and it, this could probably mm. go back into your policing history, or it could be more recent stuff, it probably is, in the, in the number of events that you've been involved in. I always try hard to remind myself that when you inject yourself into these moments, that there are going to be a bunch of people who are under duress already. And the way you then engage with them can really have a very profound impact on how they how they you know how they're going to cope with that, and this is where you know, I was having an earlier discussion today about ego and people's nature is that they, when they have a boss arrive, they might be having a bad day and they might be really struggling in terms of how confident they are that they've made good decisions before your arrival. Can you just talk a little bit about how you approach that interaction into a team? And maybe given that today's topic is what it is, what that means and, and how you think about that stuff when you engage. Look, for, for me, you know, it's always about keeping an open mind. And, and again, my, my interactions with people that, that I, I work with, you know, I, I try not to make assumptions about people, about, about what's occurred. But it, it is, and you mentioned in my introduction, you know, I'd like to think that I'm seen as more of a listener than a, than a, than a talker. And so, you know, it is that those first impressions that are so, so important, whether that's in an operational setting out on the street, when, you know, when, when an emergency services um, worker turns up to a job, that, that initial uh, interaction is critical. You know, I guess you could almost think about, you know, if you're walking along the street and you're not in uniform and, and someone smiles at you, how do you respond? You, you, you generally, you smile back. It makes you feel a little bit better. So just we need to think about that, you know, in times of stress where we come into contact with people and about sort of settling everything down, doing it slowly and, and trying to listen to what people have to say. But, you know, just engage with people. Yeah, that expression, I think it was Covey had expressions, you know, seek first to understand before being understood. To me, still plays very strong and it sounds like that you try to operate like that. It's a such an intriguing journey as a leader to try to go about your craft in a manner in which you're value adding, but also in a manner knowing that you're going to make mistakes occasionally. You know, it's interesting when you talk about leadership and, you know, I've, you know, I've held senior positions in police and now in this role for quite some time. And, but I just sort of still see myself as, as me. And um, I, I guess I, you know, I've, I've learned a lot on, along the way from from people that I've really admired and respected as leaders 
and others that I probably haven't had as much respect for that sort of have, you know that's reinforced my my thinking about where where I wanted to go as as a leader. I find it difficult because at times I just think it's just me being me. You know, I I'm I'd like to think I'm genuine genuinely interested in people. I'm interested in their story. I want to learn about them, and I want them to feel comfortable and and safe around me. You know, I've had some instances in the last couple of months where. Um, during the the, the COVID um, emergency, where someone thought they'd completely stuffed up, you know, in relation to um, re reporting some numbers back, and and I could tell that they were really, really struggling with it. But you know, again, you touched on this that we've all made mistakes along the way, and I basically said to this person, I said, you know, no harm, no 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 one no one's died as a result of you not getting the numbers right in relation to this this particular report. Just just relax. You know, the important thing is we actually, we learn from that and, and we, we don't do it again. If you get someone repeating that type of behavior, well, you'd, you'd have a different type of a conversation. But you know, she said, we, we all make mistakes and we've all got to remember where we came from. Yeah. And I think a good leader or a leader who's very conscious of that will accept that, that people are going to make mistakes. Even before we add the extra layers of you know, time critical moments and mm. uh, you know, high consequence decisions. We were talking before we come online about there is some literature out there around confident humility and that, that and the book written by Dan Kent. I need to read out the, uh, the subline on the cover, which says, becoming your full self without becoming full of yourself, which I, I, yeah. got, I, I actually it's quite enjoy. It? it is yeah. fantastic. And and speaks to the, the notion of a good ego, healthy ego versus maybe when uh, people's egos are not operating in a, in a mm. manner in which they should. Just um, want to take you back to, you know, you, you, people don't arrive at beliefs without some underpinning reasons. And yeah. generally it's that, you know, life lessons, it's people we've been exposed yep. to. If I had to ask you, why did you come to believe in the concept of confident humility, then were there moments earlier in your career which formed, started to form that, even though maybe right back then you didn't know what it was and what tag you'd put on it, but, but were there moments for you? Yeah, moments and, and, and people. You know, I, I was very, very um, fortunate, sort of in a very, very male-dominated organisation when I joined Victoria Police back in 1978, that my law instructor was a woman, a, a policewoman sergeant. You know, it was so, so rare. And it was a woman by the name of Bernice Masterson. And um, Bernice Masterson went on to become, you know, the first female assistant commissioner in Victoria Police and was probably destined for, for the role as chief commissioner. But probably a long story, but she, she stayed true to her values and actually resigned as an assistant commissioner. So, you know, she was a really, really strong influence on me as a recruit. And then, you know, she's someone I maintained a relationship with through my, my career. Similarly, you know, an, another woman had a significant impact on me and my career, and that was Christine Nixon, you know, as, yeah. as, as Australia's first female commissioner. Yeah. And in terms of uh, resilience, intellect, but, but what, for, with Christine, what she did, even though I probably didn't really appreciate it at the time and put me under a lot of pressure, is she gave me incredible opportunities. You know, she gave me some really big jobs to do that, you know, when you get asked to do, um, you know, we've all been through this. On the outside, I'm going, yes, Commissioner. Yeah, happy to do that. <laughs> on, the, on the inside, I'm thinking, yeah. bloody hell, how am I going to do it's, that? It's like the duck on water. Yeah. That's exactly it's, right. So, yeah. so there, was, there was those two, but, but you touched on um, Papua New Guinea in the introduction. 
and we're all a product of you know our, our personal and professional experiences. But Papua New Guinea really did have a profound impact on me. We know it's, it's our closest neighbour, but the way in which people live in in that country, and you know, I worked very closely with my national counterparts, and I got to know their families, and and just realised you know how how fortunate I I was in terms of you know sort of living here in Melbourne and 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 my life. But at the same time, they were happy with their life. And so, you know, that really challenged my thinking. And, you know, I saw things such as, you know, the health system, the way it works there. And, you know, someone very, very close to me, you know, their, one of their children passed away. And so that had a significant impact on me in terms of you know, my, my thinking about, about people and about community as well. The power of these early experiences for us, that, and then they stay with us. And you think you've forgotten them. And all of a sudden, a situation or a moment in your life will thrust you back into that moment. It's pretty powerful. And I think it's oh, wonderful. I agree. Thank you. Look, just uh, conscious of time, uh, I want to move now to this final little phase, which is five standard questions that I ask each of the guests. There's no right or wrong answer. It's what you know, comes to mind. So the first question is, what do you wish you really understood? This is a really good question. And I guess immediately I was thinking along the, the theme of leadership, but then I, I went to I have not got a, a technology bone in my body. I don't understand how, how a telephone works. I'm thinking, how can I pick up a phone and then contact or speak to someone on the other side of the world? I don't understand that. But then I came back, I guess, to, the, to people and we're strange creatures at times. And I guess this is the, you know, it's that nature nurture bit for me, which I, I, I just find so, so interesting. You know, interesting given what's been happening in the US in, in recent times. So, you know, th this notion that, you know, we're, we're all, you know, we're, we're born equal in terms of the, the way that we think and we feel about each other. And then what happens where we can become so hateful towards other people? And I just, I don't, I don't get that. And I, I, I sort of, I thought about this, you know, I, I love to go for a walk near me. There's a really large cemetery and I love walking through there. And I sort of, I was thinking about this one day about when, we, when we're born, you know, we, we, we get on and look, here we are, you know, when we're buried, you know, we, we all get on in, in that respect. But, you know, what, what happens in between that heads people down very different paths? And I, and I know it'd be a whole range of different influences, but I guess I wish I really understood that a whole lot better, but yeah, not just to yeah, understand yeah. it, but to make a difference. Yeah, and I, and I agree. There's so much to be known. Question two, uh, what do you wish that, that other people understood about you? Again, a really good question. I thought to myself, well, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think I wear my heart on my sleeve a bit. So I, so I think people really do understand quite a bit about me. So I, I sort of flipped that in my own mind. So I wish there was probably a bit more mystery about me where people probably <laughs> didn't, know every, didn't know so much. But, uh, but good question. I think, yeah, but I think I suffer the same if, if people around me uh, would say that. They say, well, Andrew, I think we, we, you know, we probably get I a good, we know pretty much a good picture you. of it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that probably speaks about some uh, you know, personal traits. Number three, which is a very simple question, what type of leader do you prefer? Look, it, it is that, that confident humility piece, you know, someone that's thoughtful, someone that's considered, someone that's, you know, that, that, that knows, knows their subject matter provides clear direction, but then, then lets you get on and do it. And then it's just, you know, good with people. 
Oh, doesn't that drive you crazy when you, know, you get given something to do and, and not so much these days yeah. for me, but early in my career, you get told what to do and then all of a sudden someone's over your shoulder exactly. telling you how to do it. No, no, let me get on with it. Four is maybe a bit of a reflection question too. And in, in So the question is, in respect to leadership development options, what advice would you give to the younger version of yourself? Yeah, look, you know, I've, I've thought about that and, you know, I, I can't do get asked, you know, you know what, what should I do? And I, and, I, and I say to people that, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but, you know, just, just be, be yourself you know, and focus on people. But, you know, quite simply, just, just adopt a can-do attitude, put a smile on your face and never pass up an opportunity because you don't know where it's going to lead you. Yeah, good answer. And the final question, which is very much about the reality that leadership roles require people to engage with individuals sometimes to deliver bad news. And the question is about, well, how do you prefer to do that? Do you, do you do it in person, by text message, by Snapchat, TikTok? You're watching how younger generations interact with each other like that, I find it very surprising and sometimes confounding the messaging that they try to you know, use that system. And then at the end of that question was, or, or is it by carrier pigeon? Yeah, so how, yeah. how do you go about that stuff? Uh, look, you know, ideally like you'd like to be able to do everything in such a way that you never have to deliver bad news. But I guess that, you know, I go back early days of my police career and I still remember the first time that I, I went to someone's home and, and told this woman that her husband um, had just been killed. So, you know, you do it in person. And, uh, you know, I've always looked back, as you touched on earlier, those early experiences for me, having a conversation with anyone about a work-related matter after you had to tell someone um, that someone close to them has, has died, um, you know, it's never easy, but, it, but it's always in person. Yeah, well, in person. And it was actually our own commissioner in a, in a discussion I had with him recently about the notion of doing yeah, it as exactly. soon as possible. That you know, I can't, I'm trying to sit here and think of the expression about you know, bad no. news doesn't get any better, and I think that speaks to you know, human nature of putting yeah. things off when they're a bit when they're a bit tough. That brings us to the end of the questions, um, and and that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you very much, uh, Andrew, in in uh, providing us with a bit of your time. The audience for this is, as you, you're aware, uh, emergency service volunteers and staff uh, right across our sector, and certainly the notion that good leadership. Uh, underpins the success of our organisations is pretty correct. What's your final thoughts around what agencies can do more of to help people become better leaders? Thank you, Andrew, and thanks for the opportunity. And, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll finish with something that's you know, really important to all of us, and that, that's around our, our mental health. So it, it's as, as leaders, and, and we're all leaders, it doesn't matter whether you're the most junior person in your organisation or the most senior it is that piece about looking after ourselves, but but looking after each other, and and building a, a culture where where there is nothing wrong whatsoever in putting up your hand and saying that you need some help. So let let's just look after each other. Then we will be so much better for those people that we have to work with out there in the community. What a great way of wrapping up our discussion, Commissioner. Thank you very much, and I hope you have a good day. Great, thank you very much, Daniel. Thank you, really appreciate it.